Podo. You're listening to Movers and Shakers, a podcast about living with Parkinson's. The show is sponsored by Judge Nick Mostyn's Old Chambers and by the generous contributions of private donors. Welcome to another episode of Movers and Shakers. We're gathered, as usual, in the pub, where we're going to have a good chat about sport and Parkinson's. We normally say that we're gathered to have a laugh and a moan, and this is perhaps particularly apt in describing the sporting prowess of this gathering. And uh, let's see who's here. I'm Gillian Lacey Solomar. I'm Paul Mayhew Archer. I'm Jeremy Paxman. I peaked at 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mark Model. I haven't peaked yet. <laughs> I'm Rory Kathleen Jones. Um, I intend to be a promising uh, late choice for the England cricket team. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Now, we all know that sport is to be conceptually distinguished from exercise in that it almost invariably has a competitive element. Even your favourite sport, Gillian, recreational skiing has a subtle competitive element. No, no. Does it, does well, it not? Element? I can't I've imagine seen, what you're I've, getting at yeah, there. Yeah, quite so. Yeah, this. And I can say that we're going to have some very interesting guests today, including at the end of this episode... We're playing a very recording of an interview that I conducted with the cricketing legend Alan Border. Even I have heard of him. You've heard of Alan Border? What a scoop. Those guests are all going to talk about the benefit of sport, but perhaps amongst ourselves we could agree or discuss that the physical and psychological elements of sport would likely be highly beneficial in the alleviation of Parkinson's symptoms. So we're going to go around the table and I'm going to ask who actually engages in any sport. And I'm fully expecting Jeremy to say he doesn't do any fucking sport and we can all fuck off. Jeremy, do you do any sport? No, you can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it nice how in life some things are utterly predictable? <laughs> Who around this table does actually engage in any sport? Gillian? Well, I've been trying to get all of us to play ping pong against one another which I thought might be quite an edifying little afternoon, but have failed miserably. But I do play ping-pong with Mike and the rest of my family. We just started having lessons, so that makes us even more competitive. Yes, and you're a competitive skier as well. Well, I ski fast, but I'm skiing slower and slower now. What about you, Paul? I'm absolutely terrible at sport. When I was at school, I was so bad at cricket. I couldn't bat, I couldn't bowl, I couldn't field... That I was made, and that I was made the other umpire, and then they discovered I didn't know how to signal four runs, so they were sent. I was sent off. I'm the only person ever to be sent off as an umpire. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just point out that Jeremy has backed up his assertion that he's not into sport <clears throat> by a huge plate of chips has just arrived in front of him. <laughs> but do you do any sport now, Paul? I don't do any sport. Well, I've started. I had a go at walking football. But it was sort of just, I was terrible at that. They were very encouraging. They were marvellous. Every time they passed the ball to me, they'd say, well done, as I missed it. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Do you I do loathe any... sport. You loathe sport. <laughs> uh, come, give me strength. I've come I love to the you, idea Mark. You're my friend. You're my best friend. Now. What about Tai Chi? You, you and I would have been... Tai Chi is not a sport. Is not a sport? No. So, hang on, exercise I, I, I now enjoy. I'm surprised myself. I do love Tai Chi. I like the idea of 
dancing and all that. That's not sport. Sport is loads of blokes and loads of balls, and I don't like either loads of blokes or loads of balls. <laughs> what about you, Rory? Well, I, I'm slightly like Paul in that I was always picked last at school. Yes. Oh, do we have to have him? Uh, <laughs> I was put in goal and continued to let the ball in un- under myself. But I, I had the misfortune also to be enthusiastic about it, not try to duck it, so ended up getting mauled on the rugby field. You're and, a Brentford fan, I am you? a Brentford fan, and that does make me an incredibly sporty person. Makes so, you very patient. Anyway. Yeah, incredibly yeah. patient, and it, it's, it's something that brings out my tremor no end standing yes washing brentford but i i did until recently well until last year ski and before that i ran into half marathons but uh oh somehow God. that's all gone down the pan oh. well that's impressive though half marathons what about you jeremy do you do any sport and if not when was the last time you ever did any i don't do any sport as in competitive sport I do do a bit of exercise because mm. I don't know. I arrived at I just arrived at the conclusion that it was a good idea to do it. Yes, I I do a lot of sport. I play golf probably once a week, if not twice, off a high handicap. But I blame Parkinson's. You talk a lot too. I talk a yeah, lot yeah. during the golf. Yes, I talk a lot. I have set up a tennis club. Do I you talk the, your opponents into submission? I do. It's a valuable tactic. So I do play talking. a lot of sport. I have to say I'm not no good at sport, but it does satisfy my competitive instincts. Can I reveal some intelligences, some detailed intelligence? I recently met the judge's brother, very nice chap, and he revealed to me that he plays golf with you sometimes and you cheat terribly about putts. Anything <laughs> anything shorter than about 12 feet is, is a gimme. Yeah, a uh, Parkinson's gimme. A Parkinson's gimme. Yes. <laughs> he was quite you know philosophical about it. It seemed like it had been a lifetime of that, long before Parkinson's, as far as I can see. <laughs> Anyhow, my first guest today is Professor Nick Taylor. Hello, Professor. Hi. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Not so too bad. can you tell us what your day job is? I'm a professor of law at University of Leeds. Very um, good. I've, I've loved it for a and long time. You're also a parkey. I am. And when were you diagnosed? Ten years ago next month. But I believe that you are the captain of the England Parkinson's walking football team. I am Whoa. indeed. Which so is can just... you just tell us how you came to be captain of the England Parkinson's walking football team? Well, I joined a, a walking football team about two years ago, replied to an on, a Twitter advert, anybody want to play Parkinson's football? And I, I went along and just five of us just kicked about for a while. Saddest bit of the story, I guess, is I lost my wife then and kind of turned away from it a bit. But the football team came looking for me to make sure I was OK, which was fantastic, and that, that sort of took me back into the fold. And then we started a, a national team uh, on the back of all these local teams, and we've, we've travelled the world over the past year or so, and it's been absolutely fantastic. So is there a World Cup? There isn't yet, but that's kind of what we're aiming for. Is that we're, we're the first national team with Parkinson's, and we're going around local teams, but we're also going around international Organising international matches as well, ultimately with the aim of trying to get maybe a World Cup going at some point. So It'd be very tempting to get a ringer in there, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask a non-sports question. It just sounds as though the camaraderie of that team sustained you hugely. And is that? do you think that's one of the big benefits of sport, that there the is biggest. a social element as well? It's the biggest element of sport. The collegiality. Yeah, the competitive yeah. element is, is, is great. But the collegiality is just phenomenal. How, how do you get together? Well, we, we meet every sort of two months at sort of training camp, and in between them we have we have our matches, which might be at home or or have been abroad as well. We've been to Alaman, Guernsey, Singapore, Malaysia. Whoa! Uh, we've, we've been about a bit over the past year, but, uh, but the camaraderie is fantastic. I mean, something like going through an airport can be an absolute nightmare for a parky, but when there's twenty of us going through together, it's it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so, so funny, you know. And we just have a good laugh together. It's brilliant. And and what is walking football? I suppose it's what it says on the tin, isn't it? It kind of is and it isn't. If you've played football before and then you do walking football, it can be quite tough not to run. 
What happens if you run? Are you disqualified or? Well, it's free kick, free kick or penalties under some rules. But yeah, you can't run. That's what we want it to be. Really, is is a properly non-running, no-contact game. Does the referee game. run? No, the referee can just stands pretty still as far as I can see. <laughs> but we want it to be a no-running, no-contact sport, and then it's available to any parker that sees it. Do you have any who can't even walk? Pretty much, yeah. Do you have any women in the team? We do. So we have an England international, Annie Booth, who's just a force of nature. She's fantastic. She started uh, her own women's football team as well. She's brilliant. There's also local teams which participate in tournaments, including European tournaments, aren't isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, there's hubs around the country and that's what the international team is trying to get more of. Centres where people can go and join in and, and play parky football. But yeah, we, we have a national competition organised at St George's Park, which is where the England FA is, is based. So we play there a national competition every year and we play a European Cup as well, both walking and running football. So the European Cup, I think that you were beaten in the final by Charlie Appleyard's team, is that right? We were beaten in the final by Charlie Appleyard's team in the national competition. We, right. we, my team won, the Pennine Parkies won the European Cup against Copenhagen. Woohoo! You won, woo-hoo, when, <laughs> that's my, you won the European Cup and who, did you score a goal? <laughs> I did, I scored the winning goal with the last kick of the game. Wow! Yay. Yay. I never mention it. I never mention it. <laughs> you were building up. <laughs> you were building up. I tried not to mention it. <laughs> and uh, how many internationals has the England team actually played so far? We've played about 12, I think, so far. But we started off last December 22. We went to Belfast for our first international where we played Northern Ireland. We played an age group team rather than Parkinson's team because Parkinson's teams are pretty hard to find at the minute, but that's what we're trying to get going. So we often play age, age teams like a, an over-60s walking football team. And have you got sponsorship centers. yet? Do you need yep. shirts with one of those big gambling companies? Aren't we? We, we haven't got a gambling company. We're a very good <laughs> company who sponsor us, who, who uh, yeah, given us the ability to travel the country and travel the world as well. Excellent. And what do you do about the fact that Parkinson's is so weird? For me, you know, one minute I could run or walk or whatever and the next I can't. Do you, does just, that happen It's one people? of the bizarre things about Parkinson's is if you, you roll a football to somebody with Parkinson's and they can suddenly play football. They can move quickly, they can, they can control the ball, they can pass, they can shoot in a, in a way that you would never believe. It's astonishing, you know, some, some of my colleagues have, have got Parkinson's pretty serious now. But like I say, you roll them a football and they can, they can do all sorts wow. of things. So it's but like those people with Parkinson's who suddenly can draw. Yeah. Their hands stop shaking when they're... Yeah. I think it's occupying the brain with something else. So when the ball's rolling to you, you're thinking all about that and, and the Parkinson's seems to... Sort I'm of thinking when the, the ball's rolling towards me, oh Christ, I'm not going to miss this one as well. <laughs> but you probably, you probably forget the Parkinson's when you're doing that, you know? Yeah. Which is just the bizarre element to it, but it's, it's brilliant. Because Parkinson's, as you'll be well aware, is desperate to try and get you to stay at home you know, recoil into yourself and, and not get involved in anything. But when you're involved in a sort of team sport, that stops because they're all encouraging you and getting you out and we all encourage each other and that's the best bit of it for me, is the camaraderie. The... And there's no judgement by anybody? Absolutely any... not, yeah. it's fantastic. Well, I think, I think you are a fantastic advertisement for the merit of sport, helping to alleviate Parkinson's both physically and psychologically and I think possibly... The psychological alleviation is is more pronounced than the physical. Well, maybe they. It is. It's, it's it is. Brilliant. Yeah. And it if is. you have a message for the followers of Movers and Shakers, what would it be? What do you it's, want them to do? Well, we're, we're going to open our website in the next week or two. Get in touch with that website. Have a look at where the hubs might exist near you, and get involved in walking football. If there aren't any hubs near you, get in touch with the England team, and we'll start a hub for you. Because anybody can play this. No contact. No running. Anybody can play, and it's the camaraderie, it's the fun, it's the getting out there and just, just being and doing is what's important. And what if you've never played football before? It doesn't matter, honestly, because, as I said before, if you played running football previously, 
it's almost a hindrance because you, you want to carry on doing that. Whereas walking football is almost a different game because you've got to pass to feet, you can't run. It's, it's a different game altogether. So if you've never played before, it doesn't matter. Thank you very much for coming. It's been absolutely inspirational. Thank um, you very much. Thank, thank, you. thank you so thank much you. for coming. Yeah. You've come all the way down from Leeds to join us and we're incredibly grateful. Now, my next guest was to have been Charlie Appleyard, who is... A force of nature in the Parkinson's world. He's the creator of Sport Parkinson's and he's recently been instrumental in the setting up of the English Parkinson's Disease Golf Society. But unfortunately, a domestic crisis has prevented him from being here in the pub this afternoon. So yesterday, I recorded an interview with him on Zoom, which I consider is truly inspirational and from which I'm going to play a small piece. And I can say that the whole interview will be made available on our website. Our new website. Our new website. Now, Charlie, can, can you tell me why are the social aspects of sport, in your opinion, beneficial to the alleviation of the condition? I think, well, first of all, it alleviates symptoms and makes you, you get the endorphins, it makes you feel good about being part of something. Yeah. I think lots of people, when, when if, you, if you had diagnosed with Parkinson's, probably going to be in your 50s or 60s maybe, you might, you might have had a sporting background and you've stopped playing sport. Sport Parkinson's helps you get back into that. Yeah, you've, you've got the uh, the interaction of uh, of being with people who are in the same position. You know, if you people if you come along to our Sport Parkinson's events, there's hundreds of people there. They've all going through the same thing, and they've all got to say, they've all, they might even have different symptoms. It all stems back to the fact that you you only get 15 or 20 minutes of the Parkinson's nurse a year, and 15 or 20 minutes of the neurologist once a year. It's very very lonely. And you don't know what's going on, and, you, and your and your family and your your partners and carers don't know what what's going on. So the collegiality you mentioned there is really, 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 really uplifting. And are are there any other sports which are being um, promoted? I mean, you've mentioned quite a few. Any Parkinson's pe- cricket? Is there? Yeah, there's cricket. We, we, we want to do the Parkinson's Ashes. Sean <laughs> Noodle is a good friend of mine who diagnosed with Parkinson's about six, seven years ago. He's a good friend of Shane Warne. And- Perhaps you could just explain who Sean Noodle is for those who, who aren't familiar. He, I mean, he, he was a, I think he played for Hampshire in England, didn't he? Hampshire with Middlesex in England, yeah. He, he, he has Parkinson's. The walking rugby starting. We've got four walking rugby teams set up, which is going to kick off this year. And the tennis is really exciting. If people are doing other sports, that is the lady professionally doing rowing. That's what the sport partners grants that they're there for. You know, if you, if you have a rowing club where you want to do some fun to give people with Parkinson's free rowing lessons, contact us, apply for the grant, and you, you can get grants for all different types of things. Very, that's it's, very, it's really inspirational. Now, our time is up. So do you have a final message to the parkies out there who are not yet playing sport? Well, first of all, look at our website, www.sportparkins.com, to get an idea of what happens there. But there's lots of different st- stories from patients to carers to observers about how, how playing sport can enhance your life with, with PD. It's a bit like starting again, but, but there's no judgment on ability or competence or, or, or background or anything like that. We just want people to come along to just enjoy yourself, find your way to play. And we do know that keep healthy and strong till cure comes along is definitely a, a, a good motto to have. And make some friends. It's amazing, Nicholas, honestly. It, it, it provides the sport and exercise, but it also provides the community that we're all going through this, this hideous disease together. And it can be a very lonely place at times. So get involved. And I would add that uh, Golf England has given Sport Parkinson's an award for being one of the candidates for the Diversity and Inclusion Champion of this year. 
for the work that it's done in promoting sport for people with Parkinson's. Now, finally, I'm pleased to be able to say that I have secured and recorded an interview with the cricket legend Alan Border, as I mentioned earlier. He was captain of Australia for many years and held numerous world records in his time, including the number of test runs scored, he had the world record in that, and the number of test centuries scored. And he was kind enough to agree to be questioned by me. He was diagnosed about eight years ago, but he only revealed his position very recently in an interview with the Australian newspaper last June. The interview that I conducted with him is in fact about 40 minutes long and will be available in full on our website, but here is an extract for us today. I began the interview by asking Alan when he was first diagnosed. Well, I was diagnosed in 2000, March 2016. If I think back, probably even up to 12 months before that, you know, I'd get a pins and needles in my thigh, very sore hip, or I'd get a cramp in my toes. It started to get you know, a bit more chronic, you know, the pain in my hip, that I, I really went and saw specialists, and um, they put me through you know, a big MRI-type scanning process. I was told, uh, look, it's definitely, there's nothing wrong with your hip, they're pristine, you know, no, no problems whatsoever. You better go and see this bloke. Basically said, as soon as I walked in the door, he said, uh, I'm sorry, Alan, um, to tell you this, but you've got uh, Parkinson's disease. He just knows it straight away. I just couldn't believe it. You know, I felt quite fit. I tried to keep myself reasonably fit with, uh, you know, walking and cycling. And uh, we, uh, my wife and I go on different treks, or we were going on different treks around the place. So my fitness level felt good. So I, I didn't quite, you know, believe it at, at the time, but I, I my, my memory of that that very moment was watching Muhammad Ali light the um, Olympic flame. Did you go straight on to meds? Uh, yes, pretty much, yeah, pretty much straight away. Uh, Did they work? Uh, yes, yep. The, the medication that I was taking, I think it was Cinemet or something like that, uh, different uh, tablets, different things. And I, I went through a process or a period where I, I, I got, you know, different things happened that went wrong with me like, and... A lot of the talk was the, the different medications I was taking, you know, like I'm an asthmatic, uh, I had uh, low blood pressure. I, I ended up getting this terrible rash basically all over my body. And then one night I was, I just got up to go to the toilet. The next thing I know, I'm on the floor in the toilet and my wife, Jane, comes running in, you know, what's happened? And I had no idea what had happened, but I, I busted a couple of ribs uh, on the way down. This was not long after the diagnosis, so these sort of things started to all happen at once. So I spent uh, about a week in hospital going through every test known to mankind, and um, so it was worked out that I had low blood pressure, asthma, and um, Parkinson's. And um, Did anybody give you any advice at the time you were diagnosed in Australia of the merit of having a sort of what we call a sort of holistic regime, where it's not only medication, but exercise, diet... Uh, you know, and social and psychological support. I'm being a member of a group. Did anybody actually ever give you any advice along those lines? None of us had any advice at all to that effect, did we, Rory? <laughs> no, we didn't. Um, Peter Silver um, certainly you know, talked a lot about staying active. You know, do as much walking activity as you could possibly, you know, can, can take. You know, he, he said that's very good for you to keep moving. Uh, so I've tried to do that as much as possible. I played golf today. So I can still do that, no problem. So I don't know whether I want to walk the golf course anymore. But um... but I mean, Je I mean, talking to you, when you consider your condition, as we all as we all do, as we parkies do, when your condition and you look into the future, do you think about the future or do you? I I just tend to just live for the day. Is my my philosophy? Try not to look much beyond next week. 
What's your philosophy? I'm a bit of a glass half full sort of person. I, I think that um, uh, medical science is getting better and better all the time and there's different things happening in that area that you sort of, you know, you hang on to that um, as I, in theory, degenerate, things will be found to, um, you know, delay that or even stop it totally. So sort of my thinking is a bit like that at the moment because I'm not too bad, but I do get anxious and I can feel myself sliding into a state of Parkinson's, you know, pop a tablet, but I, I'm on a bit of a regime with the tablets. So I'm supposed to take one every four hours. I'm, I'm, I'm now down to one every three hours. So I have sort of a bit of a dip, that's for sure. People have been very, very positive, you know, embarrassingly so. I get a bit, you know, like uncomfortable, you know, the way people do treat me, you know, just a bit over the top uh, nice, you know. It's, uh, I'm not used to it. You know, the accolades, you know, come out of career careers and whatnot. But uh, when, people, when people know that you know, you're suffering something like this uh, and they, and most people know someone, they've got some idea what you're going through. And um, I suppose my my profile is such that, you know, it became quite a, quite a big uh, news item. But, um, yeah, so far it's been, you know, I've been very well received you know, by all the people in television land that I work for. Um, I do less and less you know, in front of camera stuff, I just do a lot of uh, commentary. Generally speaking, I can I can hold things together pretty well for the half an hour stint that I have to do three times a day. You know, the drugs seem to be working quite well. But, um, you know, the day will come with those drugs that won't be as effective. Uh, that's, that's, you know, one every three hours becomes one every two and a half, one every two, so on and so forth. So that's when you have to take different actions now, the episode that this interview will be folded into is, in fact, about sport and Parkinson's, which is not the same thing as exercise and Parkinson's. And one of the people, our guests, Pop Mew, on the episode is a rather remarkable chap, relatively young, and he's really badly impacted. He's paralysed on his entire left side, I mean, but he still plays golf off nine, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, that's and, annoying. Um, no, it is annoying. And um, he's just set up, rather impressively, the England Parkinson's Disease Golf Society, which has just yeah. come into being with, with a rather good logo or sort of coat of arms called Ego Sum Bellator, I Am a Warrior. I don't think I'm that sort of character. I, I, I'm a very private sort of person. I, I don't think I, I would do something like that well because I just don't, I, you know, it's just not in my character to go out there and, right. you know, back doors and, and look for that was my next question was now you've gone public would you intend to undertake any kind of ambassadorial role in the world of parkinson's and i think you've answered that by saying you're actually rather conservative and, and private like a flat no if um the right people and the right motivation you know caught my attention it might be something i would look at but i, I just I, I know what i'm like I, i'm you know I, I just like to retreat into the background a little bit i'm not um it might sound funny, being you know a former Australian captain, but um, yeah, uh, yeah. With this, I find this is a slightly different scenario. Well, that's been very interesting. Now, as you know, I just want to ask you about the most famous sledge of all time. <laughs> I want to take you back to the fifth test of the nineteen eighty nine Ashes tour. I've got Robin Smith's book open in front of me. So England are four 0 down on the ropes. So Smith has got a hangover, and he asks if he can have some water. Now, the response: there are two versions. One is you said. What do you think this is out here? A fucking picnic. And the other is, is it, what do you think this is out here? A fucking tea party. We need to know definitively. What is it? It was uh, definitely tea party. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure you're all very pleased that that particular <laughs> historical controversy has been finally and definitively resolved. Yes, good but, work, uh, good, good detective work, Good judge. detective work, because we had the two versions. Well done, Judge. We had the two versions, one by Ian Botham and one by Robin Smith, but it's now been resolved. I think, those, being serious for a moment, it is interesting that some people really do not want to go public about their condition or to participate in groups or in the Parkinson's world generally. I personally think, and I'd be interested in going round the table to find out your views, that although it is absolutely baseless, many people actually feel ashamed of their condition and are uncomfortable at the thought of being pitied. This was one of the reasons that I inferred that Alan Border had kept quiet about it until it was obvious that he had some kind of condition and so he decided to go public after seven years of keeping it completely private. What, what do you think, Gillian, about this? Well... As you yes. probably remember, I was told to keep mine quiet by the doctors. Yes, you have told us that. And I'm really angry about that. And I feel really stupid to have listened to them because, you know, there is a sort of white coat syndrome that the man in white coat comes along and says, you should do this, that and the other, and you go, yes, doctor, yes, doctor. But why the hell did I adhere to that? You know, if we go back to the skiing, which we were talking about, if we bring it back to sport, I remember that we bumped into some parents of friends of my son on a skiing holiday when I was probably two years into my diagnosis and I was off and I, I was skiing terribly and I didn't say anything. And, you know, it was so awkward because they all looked at me and said, haven't you been skiing for years? And it was just dreadful. And why I didn't just turn around and say I have Parkinson's and then it would have been, you know, the yeah. strain would have been... they'd have been embarrassed <laughs> yeah. about yeah. dissing your skiing. Yes. Well, yes, yeah. yes, they would have, wouldn't they? <laughs> yes, I would have had a triumphant moment. No, but the poor woman has ever since always written to me and said, how are you and blah, blah, because I think, you know, you know, she looked at me with contempt, as I think you would if you didn't understand. That's the yeah. thing about keeping it secret. I mean, there's obviously everybody's right to do what they wish, but I think you're going to have to go public, otherwise people are just think you're being slow and clumsy. I mean, you are being slow, but one, one is being slow and I clumsy. Think one's embarrassed. A I'm I think one's embarrassed, and I think that... I used to be quite private, yes. I couldn't give a monkey's about anyone knowing I've got Parkinson's. That's um, interesting. But it's down to temperament, isn't it? I mean, I, to be fair, I think all of us around this table are, to a greater or lesser degree, show-offs. Speak for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm needing to be show-offs. Yeah. I need to show-offs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was at a dinner last night talking to a solicitor whose mother has got Parkinson's, who keeps it completely private and doesn't tell anybody because she's embarrassed about having the condition because she thinks that people think that she is drunk and she doesn't know of any kind of way in which she to stand in the public place and shout out, she's not prepared to shout out, I've got Parkinson's, I'm not pissed. She needs the T-shirt that, the that t -shirt. Matt Eagles gave me. Yeah. I'm not pissed, I've got, got Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Yes. But it's also a question of time, I think. You know, maybe once a year or two's gone past and... You know, you come to terms with the thing. I think the also people. times are changing. People are more open about illness. That's true, generally, yeah. Whenever yeah. I have a freezing attack, getting on and off trains, and I suddenly stop moving, I do apologise, but I now apologise and say I have Parkinson's. Yes. make a point of saying that. Do what you do they say? They say, oh, I don't give a shit. That's the way it's an old fucker. <laughs> Actually, people are lovely, I, I find. Well, I've got a theory. If we can, you know, publicise it more and make it more acceptable, the whole of Parkinson's, I think it would make a huge difference to people. I, mean, I know that that's what we're trying to do bit by bit, and I think we are succeeding. But, for example, I went to the theatre the other day 
and it was about disability. And at the end, I shuffled around. I couldn't, you know, as I always do after the theatre, and I couldn't get up properly. And I kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And everyone said, God, it's not a problem at all, because the play had been about that, and they were oh, all quite. suddenly yeah, sympathetic, you know? And do you think it was just because they'd just been watching a play about that? Yeah, whether or not they're like that the following day, I don't know. It's I don't interesting. know, interesting. I, I, I think people don't want to put Alan Border on television because they fear that he will make people feel acutely awkward, because he's a reminder that it can happen to anyone. Well, the, the, on that line, there's a, a, a great guy called Dave Clark, yeah. who was Sky's yeah. darts commentator. Yeah for many years and yeah. he 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 was very open about it and actually got a lot of support from the audience the audience was was happy to see him on air yeah and a lot of support yes. from the broadcast as well yeah i i do believe and consider that if this podcast has one objective it's to try to have us all treated normally while at the same time asking the world to recognize how difficult and complex the condition is so it's a, a, we, want, we want the best of both worlds, it's true. And we want people to stand up for us on the tube. And we do want people <laughs> like to stand up for Like they didn't last tube. night. <laughs> you know, like they didn't last night. So anyhow, I think this has been a fascinating session. I'm very grateful to all of, three of our guests for their participation and we look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to Movers and Shakers, a podcast about living with Parkinson's. The show is sponsored by Judge Nick Mostyn's Old Chambers and by the generous contributions of private donors. The show is produced by Nick Hilton for Podo. Our theme music is by Alex Stubbs and cover artwork by Till Lucat. Please subscribe to get new episodes straight into your podcast app and do rate and review if you enjoyed the show. We have a brand new all singing, all dancing website with lots more information about each episode. You will find it at www.moversandshakerspodcast.com and please email any thoughts or questions to feedback at moversandshakerspodcast.com. See you next week. <laughs>